wisdom saves us from such unnecessary pain, unnecessary heartache, and unnecessary misery. Wisdom is so valuable, it's so important, it's so powerful. And that's why in Proverbs 4, 7, the Bible says, whatever you get, get wisdom. I mean, whatever you do in this life, if you're going to go through it, you're living this life, get wisdom, get wisdom. Because wisdom changes everything. And particularly today, this is true as it relates to the home, wisdom in the home. All the difference of God's wisdom being the foundation of our homes, being the furniture we sit on, and being the fragrance that we smell through our spiritual nostrils as we walk through this life in Jesus Christ. Hi there, and welcome back to Live in the Light. We're so thankful that you've tuned us in today. In fact, the truth be told, we've been praying for you, praying that God would grip your hearts with the truths of God's Word. And really, that leads into what Live in the Light is all about. We believe that radical transformation comes about through the revelation of God's truth. That's why we exist, loved ones. That's why we want to see you every day, that your heart would be gripped by these truths as we walk verse by verse through God's Word. Well, verse by verse takes us now in the middle of our series on wisdom to a great place. In fact, it's wisdom for the home. Now with me in studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie. And Robbie, wisdom for the home, no end to how this applies to me today. Yeah, honestly though, just how God's work can be so practical, so helpful. And our, our really our guiding text for this message is by wisdom a house is built. So think about that. A house in the eyes of God is built by wisdom. So let's imagine we take out wisdom. Not much of a house, huh, Craig? You know what I'm saying? Not at all. No, so we need wisdom. We want our houses built, our homes built, our marriages, our families, being parents, our children, our extended church families, whatever that is. Wisdom is absolutely essential because by wisdom, a house is built. Hey, loved ones, do you got wisdom? You need wisdom. I need God's wisdom, brothers. We don't stand a chance. So that's why God's word, that's why messages, that's why this ministry is essential for us to be guided in what God has for us within our homes and our lives. All right. Well, we're praying for great things today for all of you, including all of us, as God's word is used in our lives to grow us, to change us, to transform us into the image of Christ. That's what we want. That's what we're praying for. So if you're with us today and you can do this, well, maybe not driving, but you'd like to open your Bibles, we're going to start at Proverbs 24. And here again is our teacher, Pastor Robbie. All right, so we're looking at this today in the book of Proverbs, wisdom for the home. Now, as we look at wisdom for the home, I want to remind you that in the context of Proverbs, and especially in the first several chapters of Proverbs, the context is a father speaking to a son. The father is pleading with the son or exhorting the son, and there's a great longing of the father to reach the son on the issue of, of wisdom. Now, why is the Father doing this? And then I remind you too, ultimately, it's God the Father who's doing this to us all right now through the book of Proverbs, not to mention 
everywhere else in Scripture as well. So many, I've been so sensitive to wisdom within the Word of God these days, and it's so vast, the exhortations to saying, walk in wisdom and grow in wisdom. I mean, just in the book of Revelation, in the midst of the most trying times, the tribulation of the world is ending, it says, here's a call for wisdom. Here's a call for wisdom. Like, wisdom helps us see and live according to what God has for us. It's so vital. So God the Father is calling for wisdom, and then in the context of Proverbs, the Father is calling for wisdom to his son. And why does he do that? Because he understands that at the end of the day, wisdom changes everything. When we started this series, I explained my heart for each of you as pastor of this church. And it was this, that I want wisdom so much for your life because wisdom saves us from such unnecessary pain, unnecessary heartache, and unnecessary misery. Wisdom is so valuable, it's so important, it's so powerful. And that's why in Proverbs 4, 7, the Bible says, whatever you get, get wisdom. I mean, whatever you do in this life, if you're gonna go through it, you're living this life, get wisdom, get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight, it says in Proverbs 4 as well. Because wisdom changes everything. And particularly today, this is true as it relates to the home, wisdom in the home. All the difference of God's wisdom being the foundation of our homes, being the furniture we sit on, and being the fragrance that we smell through our spiritual nostrils as we walk through this life in Jesus Christ. This is what we're going for. Oh God, may it be so. Would you give us a hunger and a desire for wisdom? Because men and women in their homes fired up for wisdom, look out and see what God is going to do as we take God at his word and more wisdom is there and it leads us on his path. We will see strength, we will see blessing, we will see fruit because this is what the Lord promises to give with a heart that desires wisdom. Now, I hope so much that we have been just, just inundated with these truths. From God. I hope right now you are seeking wisdom, searching for it, praying about it, desiring it, wanting to find it in God's word. I just pray it's getting through. How foolish could we be if we heard all of this from the Lord and did nothing about it? Oh God, I pray. And I gotta pray right now because I'll tell you, and I can't do this, and neither can you, but he can. And if we know Jesus Christ, he lives in us. And that's where the excitement and the opportunity comes from. So that's why, Father, I pray right now, and I will not take for granted this opportunity again in Jesus Christ. You say, apart from you, we can do nothing. So that's pretty clear. So we can't listen apart from you right now, Lord. We can't have faith apart from you right now. We can't apply this truth in our lives apart from you right now, Lord. We will not bear fruit apart from you, but in you, wow, the sky's the limit. So again, as I, 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 just, I just beg you each week, Lord, and Father, you love us so much. You love us, you love us. You continue to speak to us. You care for us. I love this church so much. I love the people in this church, so I feel so blessed and so honored to do this, but then I marvel at your love for this church, your love for your people, that you call them back to yourself because you love them and you love them, a love without condition, a love that gives the righteousness of your son his perfect life to live within us. There's nothing we can do to earn the truths of the gospel. It's a gift of grace, and your love for them will transform them, and I pray that will happen to each of us, transform me and transform us today as a church. We love you, Father, back. We love you, Father, back. And may you ignite hearts and fan into flames such desire and affection for you, for wisdom that results in your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, why is wisdom in the home so important today? Here's the first reason, because it leads to a home that is strong. Wisdom in the home is so important because it leads to a home that is strong. Check out Proverbs 24, verse three. And this verse sets up our whole message. Proverbs 
24, verse 3 says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. Look at verse 4 now. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. The first phrase in verse 3 is amazing. By wisdom a house is built. By wisdom a house is built. By wisdom, by wisdom a house is built. Is built. Each time I read that phrase this week in my study, my heart was excited and was filled with the light. Even as I say it now, it's the same thing. I get excited. My heart is filled with the light. Why? Because the Spirit of God within me knows that truth to be true within my life, within God's church, within our lives as well. So here's another call in chapter 24, verse 3, another call to the point of this entire series. Loved ones, don't ever underestimate the value of wisdom in your life. Don't ever underestimate the value of wisdom in your life and today in your home. By wisdom, a house is built. Foolishness disregards this. Wisdom takes it for all that it's worth. See, we must see and understand. And by the way, when we see and understand, that's wisdom. And wisdom knows that wisdom affects every word we speak, every thought we think, every action that we take. So just imagine then, if that's wisdom, considering every thought and action and word that we speak, consider then a home that is filled with wisdom. Consider the blessing that is found. Consider the joy that is known. Consider the words of edification and encouragement that are there. Wisdom changes everything in our lives and in our home. Consider then, conversely though, a, a, a home not filled with wisdom, a home filled with foolishness. Think of the hurtful words that are spoken. Think of the dumb decisions that are made. Think of the error and judgment in so many ways in pursuing things that actually hurt us and, and wound us and break up families and whatnot. See, wisdom is so valuable because wisdom is the strength that we find within our home as it leads us to the path and the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, I've been around, I've been around construction in my life just enough, not a lot, but just enough to know the value of the engineering behind a solid foundation. Wisdom is our strength, and wisdom becomes the foundation of our homes within our lives. Now, I've been around construction just enough, not a lot, but just enough to understand the importance of support beams in a structure or, or support pillars found within a home. Now, I've been around construction in my life just enough, not a lot, but just enough to understand when the town officials come and they inspect the building to make sure that the strength is there, to make sure it's been done properly, to make sure corners have not been cut, to make sure that this house will stand. What we learned today, any home will rise and fall depending on the strength of the structure found within. This is the role of wisdom within our lives. The role of wisdom is helping us to see that if we don't have wisdom in our homes, our house will be weak. But when wisdom is there, it provides strength and support, and we are established in the Lord's work and the Lord's will. That is the value of wisdom. It undergirds our lives. It establishes our homes. It sets us on a path to the glory of God. Again, wisdom is everything. And I trust, I trust that you're as hungry for wisdom as ever, because how much more does God need to say to us? We have been pummeled with evidence. We have been overwhelmed with incentive. We have been drenched with truth. And here we go again today. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. In verse 3, the inference is wisdom brings security to a home. Wisdom brings stability to a home. Wisdom brings safety within the home as well. But notice it doesn't stop there. Notice verse 4. Verse 4 is amazing too. It says, by knowledge... 
The rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So this is beautiful. Here's why I love God's word so much. We're learning here in verse three, wisdom is the structure of the home. But in verse four, wisdom is the decor of the home, the decor of the home as well. Now I appreciate good structure of a home, but I also appreciate the interior decorating of a home as well. Now, this might be because when I was in junior high, my mom was studying to be an interior decorator, and I remember on the dining room table, I remember specifically all her stuff and all her architectural designs out there and all the plans of understanding how things go together and color palettes and whatnot, and I was not really interested, but just enough to go and look, and then, but I was interested in the application of this understanding and how it relates to a home, and I think through the years, I've really grown to appreciate the value and the beauty of a nicely decorated home or a building or whatnot. I've appreciated, again, a decor in this way, but here's what I love so much. Wisdom builds a home, but wisdom also fills a home as well. The Bible tells us with precious and pleasant riches. So you and I must love wisdom because it impacts both the external of the home and the internal of a home as well. So when I walk into a beautifully decorated home, it causes me to, to, to feel good. It just, I appreciate the beauty and I feel good inside. Well, that's beautiful, that looks nice. Or a building that's designed a certain way, it makes you feel good. But even more and more importantly, when you walk into a home of wisdom and you pick up the fragrance of wisdom that is there and you see the beauty of what wisdom does, it makes me feel even better. It's not a perfect home. They're not, they're not, they're not a perfect people. They, they, they sin like, just like you and I do, but you have a sense. Wisdom makes such a difference. You walk in and you can sense that God is at work here, that God is moving them, and it just seems right, and it makes you feel good as well. So what stands out for me in verse four is the word pleasant. Wisdom brings what is pleasant. Of course, sin is ugly. Sin is hostile, but wisdom is lovely. So you walk into a home of wisdom, there's a sense of it being pleasant. Again, not perfect, but pleasant. It seems right. It seems to be real. How does this happen? Of course, by the grace of God. It's by the wisdom of God, through the Spirit of God, bearing the fruit of God. But wisdom makes a home strong. Wisdom, loved ones, understand, again, foundation and also inside. Each room is filled with pleasant and precious things. That's awesome. That's what wisdom does. You want the peace in your home like I do? Wisdom is such a big part of this. I just want to point this out too as we... Speak of wisdom building homes. Check out this verse. The wisest of women builds her house. Women, the role that you have, I mean, some of the strongest men of God have been raised by the greatest women of God. That's so true. And just the appreciation, the wisdom that women can bring to build a house within. I love that. But notice this, but folly with her own hands tears it down. But see, but the importance, and I think the Bible includes this. Men, no offense, but the role of, of a woman filled with wisdom is incredible within the home. And the Lord is making that clear today in many different ways, supporting and strengthening. And I just love it. It's in the Bible, so I wanted you to see that as well. Wisdom is such a source of strength for the home. It leads us to a home that is strong. Wisdom does this too, number two. It leads us to a home that is blessed. We see a home that is blessed. There's two verses I want us to look at here, and I want you to compare the two and see what's common between them. Turn first to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 33. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 33. Let me hear those pages turning. Encourage your pastor, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you got like an electronic thing, like jiggle it around or something like that, so I can hear that too, all right? Anyways, Proverbs 3, verse 33. Hear the pages turning. Yay, that's so great. Proverbs three thirty-three. Notice this. We're looking at wisdom and what it leads to. 
in the family, in the home. Proverbs 3.33, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. So curse on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the house of the righteous. So the obvious contrast here is wickedness versus righteousness, curse versus a blessing, ultimately wisdom versus foolishness. So the righteous home will reap blessing. The righteous home will reap the Lord's blessing. I love in this verse here, the blessing of the home is not indicated how big your home is or where it's located. The blessing of the home is indicated on the righteousness and the wisdom that is found within. That is very, very exciting. Turn now to Proverbs chapter 20. So remembering what we just read, and Proverbs chapter 20 now, verse 7. Proverbs 20, verse 7. This is a very important verse for anyone who desires to see a home of wisdom and blessing right here. 20, verse 7 says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. The righteous who walks in his integrity, wisdom leads to righteousness, righteousness leads to blessing. Blessed are his children after him. Again, so one of the things I'm always trying to show you in scriptures are models of discipleship. Fear the Lord leads to wisdom. Where there's wisdom, there's righteousness. Wisdom leads to decisions of the Lord. Wisdom leads to righteousness. Loved ones, where there's righteousness, there's blessing. There's blessing. There's great blessing found here. And specifically within this text, where sincere faithfulness dwells, blessing will also dwell where genuine righteousness lives from wisdom, so lives blessing. This applies, of course, to the home and the family. What we're seeing here then, one of the greatest gifts that a parent can give to a child is a sincere, authentic pursuit of righteousness in Jesus Christ. One of the greatest gifts a parent can give to a child, if not the greatest gift, is a genuine, passionate love of Jesus Christ that is undeniably real. A fantastic example of this in Scripture is found in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Now, notice here, Paul's speaking to young Timothy, and Paul says, he quotes on his sincere faith. But notice, the sincere. Sincere is the most important word there. Sincere, authentic, life-giving faith of Jesus Christ in pursuit of him. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Notice, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, beautiful, and in your mother Eunice, beautiful, I am now sure that dwells in you as well. Again, notice, Paul's talking about the sincere faith, the impact of Lois, Eddie Graham is in the house, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Love Graham is in the house, loving Jesus Christ, man, your impact, you have no idea. His mother Eunice that is being used here, the sincerity of faith. Now, Lois's faith does not transfer into Timothy's faith, and Eunice's faith, they can't duplicate that. Into, Timothy has to make a decision for himself, but the impact is undeniable that the impact of a sincere faith was undeniable to Timothy's life, and eventually God used that in some form to bring him to a personal saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hey, women, men, especially grandmas and moms right now, man, the model that you live out and, and the wisdom that you seek to use of a sincere faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that is very, very exciting. This is why I can't tell you how much joy I get when I see a dad or a mom completely transformed by Jesus Christ. I get so excited and I get more excited watching the kids respond to the change. The kids are so caught off guard, initially often so confused, man. What's gotten into dad? What's up with dad? Jesus Christ has gotten into dad. That's what's happened, man. What's going on there? I can't understand. Like, he's so different. What's going on? Jesus Christ is what is so different. The power demonstrated through a sincere life in Christ that is lived out by a parent. Listen, the, 
The results are guaranteed. No, no, even if the child responds negatively, what, what is undeniable is the change, is the transformation, is the impact, there's a truth that confronts them. My own testimony is I saw change in my parents that was undeniable. And at first, I didn't want anything to do with it. But what I tell you, in my negativity and in my rejection of that, in some sense, deep down on the outside, I was like, whatever. But on the inside, I'm like, there's something real going on over there. There's something real happening there. And it took three or four years later when God bottomed me out in my own self-destruction, but God eventually used that as a massive point. At the end of the day, I knew inherently what they had I needed, what, who they loved, and their God, he was real. And when it came down to it, it was undeniable for me to say the light they have, I, I need. The love they have, I need. The God they serve, I must serve. The reason they live is ultimately the purpose for my life. Parents, I want to encourage you when you are transformed sincerely in Jesus Christ, it will not go unnoticed. What does God do with that? He's the one who is sovereign, but ultimately you, you be sure the greatest gift that you can give to your children is a personal, passionate pursuit of an authentic life of love found in Jesus Christ. So parents, what's the first thing you're working on when raising a child? The answer is yourself. That's wisdom. Wisdom knows your life must be changed before you're gonna see anyone else's life change. Before you seek to change your kids' parents, change yourself. Change yourself. One of the worst things we can do is to heap rules of legalism upon our kids when we ourselves are living hypocritical lives. Do not do that. One of the great wisdom of a parent, the parent sits there and gets down to the level of the children, whatever age they might be, and lets them know the person who needs Jesus Christ the most today is you. We need the gospel as parents. We sin every day. We're the ones who are in desperate need of Jesus Christ to take our sins away. We mess up. We must admit our faults. We must help our parents to see our need for Christ so they can see their need for Christ as well. The worst thing we can do is sit over top of them all the time and just pummel them with rules and condemnation and disapproval. Lead, of course, instruct. Yes, what I'm saying is though the humility of love of an authentic pursuit of Jesus Christ that lets the kids see that we Wisdom is in the home as we're all pursuing Christ together. That is the impact and the transformation that will be undeniable. The greatest gift you give to your children is your righteousness in Jesus Christ that can only be achieved, of course, as Christ does it in you, the gift that is there. A beautiful, beautiful relationship. And besides, a, I remember speaking with a wise man with many older children, and he says, you can't fool them, man. They see it all. They see it all, and that is so true. So what are your kids seeing? What are the children of this church seeing? Parents, let me ask you, do your kids ever catch you, do your kids catch you praying? Do your kids catch you singing to the Lord? And it's so embarrassing for them, but, but, but do they catch you singing for the Lord? Do your kids ever catch you with tears? With tears? Daddy, why are you crying? Uh, it's because I love the Lord Jesus. Daddy, you're weird. <laughs> but listen, they walk away and they know something's happening. It's, it's, it's foreign to them in a good way. Do your kids catch you praying as a couple? Do your kids catch you unashamedly in love with your Savior? And regardless of what they think about that, but do they catch us doing these things as lives that are authentically causing us to live what's real in Jesus Christ? Or do they catch us pursuing the world? Do they catch us on the couch again? Do they catch us worshiping things that are not Christ? May they catch us in pursuit 
and the love of the Lord. Because regardless of how they respond, that will make a big, huge impact. This is wisdom. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom leads to a home that is strong and a home that is blessed. And thirdly, this wisdom leads to a home that is fruitful. Fruitful. Of course, wisdom leads to fruitfulness. We've learned that in this whole series. Fruitful and everyone in the home leads to wisdom, uh, fruit in the husband, in the wife, and the children. Now, all of these are sermon itself, but let's go for it and let's see what we can come up with here. And I'm going to start here then. The fruit of wisdom in the home starts with a husband that is filled with love. Turn to Proverbs chapter 5. And man, you better be turning to Proverbs chapter 5, all right? Turn to Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. Proverbs 5, verse 15. Thank you for encouraging your pastor as the pages turn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Proverbs 5, verse 15. Now, the context of the entire chapter of Proverbs 5 is the father warning the son against the adulteress. I want you to make sure you know that. Proverbs 5, Proverbs 6, Proverbs 7, the whole, all these chapters dedicated to son, watch out for the adulteress. Watch out, watch out. Understand how serious this is. So notice in Proverbs 5, verse 15, he's talking now about the love that his son is to have for his one wife, Okay? Verse 15, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, it's beautiful. A graceful doe, I love that. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Amen, amen. Look at verse 20. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? Again, the context is a father teaching his son. He is eagerly and urgently directing his son on the path of wisdom. And in this case, what the father is saying here is saying, my son, my son, your love is for your wife. Your love is for your wife Alone. Now, one of the things I wish more dads would do in this day, I wish more dads would be able to talk to their sons in this way. I wish more dads, like look at the intimacy and the details and how vulnerable the father is with the son and just how, how clearly he's communicating heart of what it means to love his wife, the gift of God. I wish, I wish more dads in our day would have the courage and not be embarrassed and just feel the urgency to sit down. My son, let me teach you what it means. And one of the problems with this is that you can't teach what you don't know. See, but you're not saying you're a perfect dad, but you're saying, I believe in the principles here. And then you admit in your own sense, I have to be better with, with your mom, and I, I have to be better as a husband in this way. But to have the courage to sit down and say, my son, see, the father's filled with wisdom because he has the wisdom to share. My son, this is how you love a woman. This is how you love one woman. This is how you will become intoxicated with her love. I wish more dads would do that in our day. It's so utterly critical that we can pass on this wisdom of this area of life that can often make a home or break a home. Hey, listen, your, your time's not up, dads. You still have time. Still opportunities to share the wisdom humbly. I'd love to see more dads do this. It's so important. But notice the plea from the father to the son. He says in verse 15, he says, my son, drink water from your own cistern, meaning your love is to be focused my son, don't allow your love to go to strangers. Don't let your love spill like water into the streets and to other people. Your love is to stay at home with your, with your wife. That's why Jesus said, quoting Genesis, therefore a man shall leave father and mother and hold fast. Hold fast literally is cemented. 
my son, be cemented to your wife as you become one flesh. The father's saying here in Proverbs 5, my son, be blessed with your wife. Rejoice in your wife of your youth. She is lovely. She is beautiful. She's a gift from God. Enjoy her as God's gift. Be intoxicated with her love. My son, do not be drunk with the world. Don't be drunk in the sexual idolatry and sensual idolatry of the world. My son, get off the couch and love your wife. And notice what he says next in verse 20. He says, why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? I believe so strongly that one of the greatest killers of sexual intimacy and just love within a marriage, one of the greatest killers of intimacy within marriage is sexual addictions or idolatry outside of marriage. As so many men are filling their minds and therefore hearts with so many sensual images and spreading the affection that is reserved for their wife and worshiping other things of evil and sick lives of Satan on images and other people and thoughts and fantasies that so many men are spreading their love to the, to the, to the pit of hell that they come back home, there's nothing left. You're listening to Live in the Light with Robbie Simons. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Thanks for joining us today, listeners. We hope you join us again next time here on Live in the Light.